Hello and welcome to the Future of UX podcast. I am Patricia Reiners, UX UI designer and creative resident at Adobe. In this episode, I spoke with Bilgi Karan. He is the UX lead at IKEA. IKEA is a huge European company that designs and sells ready-to-assemble furniture, kitchen appliance and home accessories and among other useful goods, occasionally home services and IoT products. What is so interesting about Birgi's work at IKEA is that he is combining physical and digital experiences with consideration of the context. And as probably many of you know, I am super fascinated by everything that happens beyond the screen. So Birgi shared his tips about how to start designing for all five senses and also what's important designing beyond the screen. We also talked about the future and how he sees the industry today and the importance of voice design and augmented reality. Feel free to share this episode with your friends or colleague if you like it and if it helped you in any way. But enough talking from my side, let's start with this episode. Hello, I am so happy to have you today. Um, yeah, thanks for being in the podcast today. So happy to be here. Thanks for inviting. Awesome. So... We have some really like interesting questions for you prepared, but before we are going to start with the main questions about smart home and how do you work at IKEA, I would love you to get to know you a little bit better, especially for the audience. And yeah, we are going to start with some uh, so shorter questions to get to know you a little bit better. And yeah, please start by introducing yourself and yeah, explain us a little bit what do you do for a living. Okay, uh, what do I do for a living? Um, I'd like to say that I think things through on behalf of users. That's kind of what I do for a living. Um, I am a designer, I'm a design leader, uh, and I've been working with UX for a while. And uh, I try to identify problems and find solutions to them, uh, as I said, on behalf of the users. And uh, simply, I think it's about minimizing pain and uh, maximizing joy. Um, I come from an industrial design background. Uh, from the beginning. So that's, I think, gives me an edge when uh, we're talking about thinking about experiences that crisscross between physical and digital all the time. Uh, and I work with a smart home uh, at IKEA. Awesome. That's super interesting because my next question was actually, how did you get there? So you already said that you, your background is industrial design, right? How did you get from industrial design to where you are right now? That's uh, That has been a very interesting journey. I think uh, the way that, that I got into industrial design was that I really um, wanted to think that all design activities uh, are about uh, solving problems. And uh, that's how I got into industrial design in the first place. Um, and beyond only thinking about the object, I always uh, tried to think about the problem that is um, that is supposed to be solved or what is the context of the user uh, and so on, uh, rather than the object itself. Um, and a long time, I started uh, working at uh, Sony Ericsson, uh, designing a lot of uh, uh, phones and uh, mobile devices and accessories. Um, and there, slowly, I realized that uh, I think my focus is much more in the strategic side of things and uh, a little bit more about the experience side of things rather than the object itself. Um, so. That kind of evolved into um, you know, dealing with UX, and uh, that was maybe not the word of UX uh, back in the day. And we talked about interactions, and we talked about um, you know, going beyond the shape. Uh, so 
one thing led to the other and uh, I ended up with, uh, with the UX as the profession. Super interesting. Thanks for sharing that. So um, at the moment you're working at IKEA. So what does a typical day in your life um, look like? A typical day um, is actually quite a lot of meetings. Um, but I have to say most of them are quite interesting. Uh, I get the chance to give a lot of feedback uh, to the teams that I'm working with um, and also uh, be a part of a lot of interesting uh, discussions and a lot of interesting decisions. It's a lot about aligning with different people throughout the day um, and aligning different views so that uh, a lot of the views converge on focusing on the user um, and uh, trying to understand the problem from the perspective of the user and trying to invite people uh, to do the same. What are, you, what are you enjoying the most and the least of your work? You were already talking about meetings. So um, what, are you, what do you like the most and the least of your work? <laughs> Interesting. I think um, I like changing and broadening um, the vision, uh, maybe uh, with the people that I work with or understanding the really core of, of the problems uh, that we're dealing with. Uh, rather than being superficial. Um, and a lot of, the, maybe compared to a lot of people's, I don't necessarily dislike meetings. I think meetings are just uh, an opportunity to, to align views. Um, and there is a culture of understanding and a culture of aligning and culture of togetherness at IKEA. So it's very natural. Um, but what I don't like too much is maybe wasted resources uh, or wasted time. Uh, I would like to be um, efficient as, as much as uh, effective as well. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially in the UX, um, UX area, right? So um, you said you're working at IKEA, and that's I think that's super, super interesting because um, this is like the whole smart home area. Um, it's a lot about the future, how we're going to live in the future, how we're going to designing for our home. So uh, I'm personally very fascinated by those um, questions and by those areas. So could you talk a little bit about your role there? So um, what are you doing there? How is your team structured as well? I, I'm currently uh, the user experience leader uh, for IKEA Home Smart. And IKEA Home Smart, you can say it is sort of a internal startup uh, within IKEA where we're looking into smart solutions for everyday life that can make your life easier, better. Uh, and we're trying to innovate meaningfully um, around the smart home and trying to bring it to the, as we call it, uh, the many people. That is basically the people with thin wallets and large dreams. <laughs> Um, Love that. And that is a very IKEA thing to say. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it is a lot about uh, leading the team and leading the discipline uh, for me, uh, where we started forming a team not so long ago uh, around this topic. And uh, we started by hiring a UX researcher and a business designer. And now we're expanding into uh, you know, UX designers and visual designers, and uh, we're hiring quite a lot and expanding. Um, I also work with external agencies. So um, in terms of the team structure, of course, we are not the only UX people at IKEA at large. There are a lot of people working with um, different topics, all the way from e-commerce to internal tools and, and uh, communication and such. Um, but we are specifically focusing on, uh, on the smart home. And uh, I have the 
the privilege and the challenge uh, of uh, starting up a completely new team from scratch uh, here in Amherst. Um, yeah. Wow, that sounds really exciting, especially if you, um, yeah, if you look back how IKEA started with just like, um, yeah, with just things for your home and now things are going more into the UX direction. So I think it's really um, challenging, but also super fascinating to build up a new team and thinking about like those smart home systems and especially thinking beyond the screen, um, different touch points, um, those kind of things. So how do you see... Um, how do you see the future of those things, especially like designing for things which are beyond the screen? So which could be another output or could be mm, something which is not like the the iPhone screen or the uh, like tablet screen we're using right now. Are you already thinking about those things um, at IKEA at the moment or not, not so much? Absolutely. Um, it's a fascinating area. I think, first of all, I think that as the UX um, industry, we are in a golden era and uh, we should cherish it and we should not forget that it is, uh, it's not going to be like this all the time. I think uh, the last uh, decade uh, has been amazing uh, for the area of UX and discipline of UX. But uh, as you said, we have been quite focused on pixels on a screen, uh, especially touchable fix uh, pixels on a screen or clickable. And um, that has driven us to almost perfectionize this uh, medium. But um, as humans, we, according to some people, we have five senses or for, according to some people, we have seven or more. Um, I'd like to say that we have to start designing for all. Um, and also we have to design for all kinds of contexts. So visual is only one medium where you can reach people. Uh, but we're already seeing the rise of voice and we're, uh, I think, uh, physical devices are also uh, within my responsibility in this area. And that is uh, really, really important for people to be able to enjoy the advantages of smart home, even if they don't uh, want to use an app or uh, they don't prefer to do so. Uh, but also, I think um, the future is going to bring quite a lot of interesting areas like, uh, you know, as a augmented reality and virtual reality, but also maybe uh, scent design or uh, or haptic design, uh, we're already seeing a lot of movement in those. Yeah, especially scent and haptic design sounds super interesting. Um, and I imagine that um, yeah, we as designers need to do a lot of like groundwork because there's not so much resource or resources generally um, out there, right? So how do you how do you start um, thinking about those things? Do you start with certain kind of research or how do you even like think so like in like in a very far future? To be honest, we're not necessarily thinking about the modalities themselves. Um, we are we prefer more to think in terms of uh, problems that needs to be solved. Um, or maybe you can call it the jobs to be done. But at the end of the day, there is a goal for the user to, to, to achieve uh, when they're you know, reaching out to a brand or reaching out or finding, trying to find a, a product for themselves or a service. Um, what we're trying to do is finding the best way of uh, solving uh, that problem uh, using whatever is in our arsenal uh, of tools. Um, and sometimes maybe the best way of solving it might be something completely intangible or it can be a tangible product. Um, but uh, we are trying not to limit ourselves. Uh, but when we move into a new area, especially 
Um, right now, we are we started from something very simple, for example, the um, the wireless chargers, uh, and moved into uh, smart lighting. And from there, we moved into smart sound and uh, smart blinds. And uh, in the future, there's going to be many more interesting areas. And each of them have some kind of a special need, uh, and they have to be treated in a way that kind of um, honors uh, their specialty rather than saying this is a certain information architecture there's on and off and up and down and uh, and we can do this in very symmetrical ways so i'd like to think that uh, we can go a little bit deeper into understanding the needs specifically i'm wondering how do you align all those things you were just talking about like the lights and sounds and those kind of things how do you make sure that everything is aligned i know that from visual design or from ui design we have design systems kind of um but you can't use them for like different touch points right so how do you do how do you do that that's an interesting question and it is not that easy because there is no playbook so to say uh, for the smart home or for internet of things um a lot of the industry is kind of uh, we're you know charting our uh path as we move forward mm, i would say we have uh, quite a lot of principles that uh, we have crafted along the way that is helping us out uh, quite a lot. A principle, a set of principles is, is similar to a design system, you can say. But uh, just to give an example, uh, for example, we have a principle called the escalator principle, um, which has a lot to do with meaningful innovation. Uh, imagine an escalator, even when it fails to work, uh, it is still a, a set of stairs. So it still works to a certain degree. So if you imagine um, a smart light bulb, even if the smart part fails or if you lose the remote control or if you cannot connect to an uh, app anymore, it should still function as a normal bulb for many decades to come. And this is very different from any other piece of technology that you see around you. And that means working with a lot of legacy. So when we are making decisions, we are thinking about the escalator principle. Uh, this is also making decisions around what should uh, work with cloud, what should work locally, and, and so on. Um, so uh, there is uh, also another thing that we consider all the time, which is uh, addressing needs rather than wants. And this is a very, you know, IKEA brand uh, sort of uh, looking at things. Um, we don't want to dangle technology as a bait in front of people uh, and get them to buy something that uh, later that might that they might not use. So it's quite important for us to address their needs first and foremost. I was wondering, you were just talking about the um, like the case that you're focusing more on needs um, than on wants. We and talked about the um, like the example with the staircase, which is which I find super interesting because um, it makes a lot of sense, especially with light bulbs, for example, if you don't have the app or the remote control, you can you can still use like the, the switch you have on, on your wall or something to turn it on and off, right? So, um, and this makes sense for like material things kind of, but how do you, how do you, what do you think about voice design? Um, how could we integrate something like that um, in voice design um, because it's, this is so so abstract are you thinking about like different kind of um, 
um, yes, scenarios for voice design as well, um, how to provide different <clears throat> information for different people, for different questions? Of course, of course. I think uh, one of the most interesting topics uh, around voice design is um, localization, um, which is to say, this, is, this goes beyond translations. Um, there's of course the aspect of uh, customization, uh, which you do, you do intentionally as the user, but there is also maybe contextualization where the system does it for you and it understands what you're doing or which room you're in, what kind of uh, you know, context you are uh, dealing with and uh, caters accordingly. Um, but um, at the same time, I think uh, intelligence, of course, comes at a cost. Uh, so the, the more you understand the, the user's uh, context, uh, the better you can uh, serve them. Um, but that also means like uh, when you talk about needs and wants, um, I think voice interfaces are also quite in their infancy, very uh, much like in, in a smart home case, where right now there's a lot of uh, technology that kind of pulls you in and uh, says, okay, here is something that you can do. You can play a game or you can, um, uh, you know, have the, the voice assistant bark for you or, uh, you know, talk in a funny voice. Uh, but these are all focused on the wants. And I think uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe in, in that context, it just pulls people in so that they get used to the idea. But in the long run, we have to understand what and where voice is really, really um, useful uh, for, for the people and solve their problems. Um, there, I think uh, that we can actually make uh, something meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you, how do you find those areas? Um, in, do you do what kind of research do you do or what kind of testing maybe to find those areas oh yeah here i have to give a lot of credit to where ikea is coming from i think um, uh, ikea is about to you know making a better everyday life for the many people as we say um, so we're quite serious about uh, finding out how people live and we have a lot of uh, interesting research that that goes into this um, one of the things that we do typically are home visits. Um, a lot of the times when IKEA uh, co-workers go somewhere, uh, they try to arrange home visits where they you know, uh, go to a customer's home and uh, they ask them questions, see how they live, what kind of furniture that, might, that they might have. Uh, for our case, of course, what kind of, uh, if they're interested in smart home or um, are there anything that, that we might help them with um, uh, in terms of giving them a piece of solution uh, using technology and uh, understanding whether we can um, solve something for them. And when it comes to specialized research within the smart home, um, we're conducting, I can say, a new uh, piece of research almost uh, every week. Um, uh, in the worst case, uh, every two weeks, we're reaching out to uh, users that we find or uh, they're reaching out to us and we are uh, coming together, we're showing them things that are maybe not uh, uh, on the market uh, yet, or asking about their opinions about uh, what we have on the in the store. Um, since it's quite a large area, including both physical and digital devices, uh, we kind of almost have to invent a new research methodology uh, every time uh, we are conducting something. So it never gets boring, I can say. 
Okay, yeah, I, I can imagine that. Um, yeah, sounds sounds like you're doing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, research. And um, a, a question to that um, is actually how do you how do you share the research with your team? How do you um, how do you make sure that everyone is aligned on like the problems at the moment you're having or the, the challenges you want to face? That I find uh, it's an ongoing challenge with uh, wherever I worked. I think it's uh, um, it is one of the hardest problems to solve. Uh, today, what we do is we try to invite as many people into the research as possible, and we invite them to. If we're doing it, uh, you know, remotely, uh, we invite them to uh, tune in, so to say, and uh, watch it uh, real time, uh, live, whatever is happening. Uh, if it's a diary study, we invite them to, you know. Um, follow it uh, daily and this is this actually has proven uh, very powerful once uh, a product developer or an engineer uh, sees the research being done they tend to form an empathy with the end user uh, quite quickly and understand their pain points um, and this is not something easily transferable over a report uh, in the cases where we share reports uh, only Uh, we have not seen this empathy being formed uh, just as strongly. Yeah, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. And this is uh, also what I experienced wherever I worked. Um, it was sometimes uh, quite challenges to uh, challenging to like share the research results. Um, yeah, but what you just said is really helpful to um, share them, especially with like the product owner or stakeholders, right? So that's um, yeah, that's definitely really helpful and. So we just talked about research and the insights you're getting, how people live, how people um, yeah, want to do certain things around their home. So where do you see like the biggest um, opportunities to um, integrate some kind of emerging technologies? Uh, I mean, we already talked about voice design, um, but what about like augmented reality? Where do you see really um, like, where do you see areas um, where it really makes sense? When it comes to emerging technology, I mean, I've been working with technology for almost two decades now, and uh, there's one quote that I really liked and uh, keep using it, which is uh, just to say, technology is a word for something that does not work yet. Um, it is uh, it's usually attributed to Douglas Adams, the author, but um, I think it came from, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really think that that is the case. Um, Uh, we really have to start from the impact. Uh, I worked in a lot of the projects where we tried to utilize a certain technology um, and find problems that that technology can solve. And uh, this strategy has not been very successful, I would say, uh, in a lot of the cases, in very few cases that, uh, that has been um, maybe you, you could find some, some gold nugget here, here or there. But um, I feel like starting from the impact might be the key, especially in the world that we live in today. Uh, we have to understand uh, uh, the three different globes that, that we're living in. One is the user, of course, and if you go a little bit outside, that is the society, and then there's the planet. Um, and I take this uh, approach because I would like to say that, well, sometimes the technology is not necessarily the answer to solving uh, one or more of these uh, these globes, uh, but rather that you know having a library of technology uh, behind your head uh, and having this uh, this library accessible to you as much as possible as you're moving 
forward as a team is quite important. So um, being interested in, in emerging technologies is much more important than you know working on a specific technology. Um, then I would say being brave and experimenting is, uh, is uh, very important. And matching a certain technology to a need is one of the best things that design can do. Would this be something you would also say to maybe young designers or people who are really um, into like future topics, into emerging technologies that they should just like try things out and um, experiment or um, rather focus on problems and then think about the, the technology? So what, what would, would be your advice for young designers here? Um. I mean, I think it's hard to give advice in this area because everybody has their own challenges. But uh, I can tell what we do. Uh, we're kind of like uh, doing both of these things at the same time. Um, usually we say there's things that you should do and there's things that you can do. And uh, there's a very tiny intersection set in between where it is the, you know, you can say uh, it is the meaningful uh, innovation area. And... Uh, I think we are kind of pursuing both of these questions at the same time uh, from different teams. Uh, of course, technology or engineering is very interested in what we can do, you know, with the tools that we have, the technology that we have, and, uh, and business and design and uh, some other areas are very interested in what we should do. Uh, but there's a lot of overlap uh, in between as well. So we are trying to follow both of these lines at the same time. Uh, trying to ask people what they want and deriving their needs uh, from there, uh, observing um, what they're doing, how they're going about in their lives currently, uh, what can motivate them and what can you know, change things for the better. Uh, but at the same time, you know, trying out different technologies and um, getting immersed in, uh, in the different uh, experiences also gives us the gives us a way of like oh here's an interesting opportunity uh, but not getting married to the opportunity rather than uh, taking that as a okay we have this in our back pocket now and uh, let's see where it might be useful later on that's kind of the approach okay yeah that sounds like a um, like a good approach to focus more um, on the problem and how to solve yeah specific problems right so how do you how do you see um, yeah the the industry at the moment for us as UX designers and how do you um, yeah what are your uh, how are you assuming everything is going to evolve the next years what is going to be uh, become important in the near future in like the next ten or fifteen years although it's difficult to say I know but I'm yeah. I I have a feeling um, that of course like UX and design in uh, in importance is going to increase but i also feel like it's going to start to dissolve into other things uh, just as we're seeing with business design um, and strategic design uh, to a certain degree uh, we can see that you know design is not necessarily a profession that is described and performed uh, by a certain number of people uh, it should be distributed as much as possible within an organization and within the world also, I feel like, you know, we're moving into a future, hopefully, where we can have design as part of basic education, uh, almost uh, from the primary level, because I think that it is a great way of uh, solving problems or understanding humans, really. Um, there's three things that are 
coming, I, I should say, that are going to shape our future. Um, one of them is, of course, it's kind of my area, which is Internet of Things. And I think that um, uh, not necessarily Internet of Things, but the smart home uh, more likely is going to bring a lot more uh, interesting areas into design. Um, the other one is virtual and augmented reality. And uh, as we say, I mean, you need to be able to design for, for five senses. Uh, so we're going to see a lot more uh, specialized uh, designers popping up in this area. Um, that's what I foresee. And the last but not least is uh, whatever you call it. I call it algorithmic design, or you can call it uh, design for AI. Um, I think it's quite important to understand the ethical side of uh, this and uh, design according uh, to human uh, nature and, uh, and not missing the, the, um, the mean, meaning part uh, when we're designing uh, for AI and with AI. I think this is also going to be a, a new emerging uh, area when we're moving forward. That's my hope at least. So um, are you at IKEA already thinking about those three areas um, and trying to hire a designer in those three areas? Or is this just something you personally, from your experience, think um, will become important? Um, I can't talk, uh, I can talk maybe on behalf of IKEA, but I can say that uh, there are a lot of people at IKEA uh, experimenting around a lot of different things. Uh, I can say that from our perspective, Internet of Things is uh, very important and uh, we are a company that are making things. Of course, uh, those things can, um, are going to uh, exist and they do exist in virtual environments and uh, they will have uh, benefits from algorithmic design and uh, so on. So of course, IKEA is one of those special companies that have a leg in, uh, in each of those. And there are a lot of uh, experiments going on uh, at the same time. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, super interesting to see how, um, yeah, so like IKEA is going to, um, yeah, see the future in those areas, right? So um, I assume actually that you, yeah, you always need to be up to date, um, think about all those new technologies, IoT especially. Can you recommend any great books or blogs or articles or something you would like recommend reading or um, some source of education for people who would like to go into those topics? Yeah, I think um, it's surprising, but uh, there is a there is a lot of information out there that is related to you know Internet of Things and, and smart homes. Um, I don't necessarily have a lot of things that I follow all the time, but because the the resources are quite fluid these days, uh, especially since the topic is it's, uh, in its infancy. But I try to take a much larger uh, perspective to understand uh, where, for example. The concept of home is coming from and uh, where we're going when it comes to uh, as humanity and those things help me quite a lot in thinking a bit uh, in larger context and uh, strategically uh, so reading quite a lot of course uh, what uh, was going on in um, in the world of uh, smart home um, but i don't think that it would uh, help quite a lot to uh, for example a, a new emerging designer or a, a student, I would say. Uh, my advice for them to be uh, would be being curious about what the future looked like uh, in the past, uh, I would say. That is something that I have uh, found very uh, interesting 
that is maybe like a, uh, reading old science fiction uh, that actually helps me quite a lot in you know maybe it's not a, a direct answer to your question in terms of how I uh, keep myself updated about things that are new but uh, things that are new usually are quite fleeting you know they don't uh, stay around too long so reading an old book like uh, you know 2001 space odyssey which is about um, the the future of the past you can say um, it gives you a lot of insight into how people thought that it would be because part of our job is kind of predicting the future and uh, it's also i find it very interesting one of the uh, very interesting books that i've read uh, uh, recently was the books i should say uh, sapiens and homo deus by yol harari and uh, those two books are talking about where humanity came from and uh, where it's possibly going and there's even a third book uh, that is the continuation of this um, these actually give you a very good uh, sense of what uh, humanity itself is about and why what life itself uh, is about um, i think you just by opening up the internet you can find a lot about uh, you know current technologies and and where things are going um, uh, from any blog or uh, anything that you you come across but i think uh, finding gems like this are maybe more interesting for me great i really love that you um, recommend non-ux books or resources but more about like the human being uh, especially for us as ux designers it's awesome to understand the world and the people a little bit better so yeah really great uh, resources great books to check out i think for almost everyone, but especially for your ex or product designers. Um, yeah, really great advice. Thank you for that. So um, if people want to follow you, want to find you somewhere, um, are you on any social networks? Uh, I am. Uh, people can reach me uh, through Twitter uh, if they want to, although I'm not very active, but um, I, I follow uh, quite a lot of people and... Uh, I'm also active uh, on, on Medium, and uh, one of my New Year's resolutions is to uh, write more um, and uh, read even more. Uh, so they can definitely reach me uh, through those two places. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, as, as everybody else, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to link um, all your social uh, channels you just mentioned in the show notes so people can uh, find you, reach out to you, and check what you're doing. Um, yeah, so um, do you have any last words, something you want to share otherwise? Um... Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I just wanted to say that uh, for, for any young designers um, or designers to be listening to us, uh, I'd like to say um, one thing that I learned quite late in life is that, uh, you know, reading and writing are very underrated uh, uh, skills, I should say, for a designer. Uh, and uh, they should definitely be brave and curious and uh, try to immerse themselves into a lot of different experiences as much as possible. But uh, above all, think about the impact that they're making to the world. Yeah. Wow, really great last words. Um, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a really good advice. Um, yeah, for all the listeners out there. Thanks for sharing that. So, um, Thank you so much for taking the time um, for the interview and the podcast. I think uh, we are all really appreciating that. Um, yeah, thank you so much for, for your support. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this wonderful episode. Let me know if you have any feedback or recommendations. 
and if you like this episode feel free to share it with your friends or your colleagues i am always super happy about ratings or reviews on itunes so i would really appreciate that thanks for listening and hear you in the future